real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, Captivate.fm. Are you considering starting your own podcast? The first thing you are going to need is a podcast host. The podcast host I use and recommend is Captivate because they focus on growing your audience and show. Some of their features include unlimited podcasts and storage, web player calls to action, one-click sponsor kits, private feeds, promo links, link shorteners, detailed analytics, integrations, and more. Plans start at just $17 a month. Start your free seven-day trial at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash get captivated. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash get captivated. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today helps business owners leverage their LinkedIn presence to get leads and is the author of Build a LinkedIn Profile for Business Success. Welcome to the show, Daniel Alphon. Thank you very much, Sarah St. John, the legend. Uh, I don't know about that. Can you give us a little bit of background or your history and how you became a LinkedIn specialist? Pleasure. It's not that I was uh, raised and I told my parents I wanted to become a LinkedIn expert, but it, I, I signed up to LinkedIn early in uh, 2004, and at one point I just realized it was a very powerful tool, and I started helping friends, entrepreneurs, who could find uh, leads through LinkedIn, and at one point when I was a uh, sales manager, I, I found that LinkedIn cut half the time I had to invest in order to close a deal just by finding the right person within the organization. Then those friends became entrepreneurs elsewhere and they brought me up to, to train their sales force. And, and at one point I just woke up and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Maybe I should do it properly. So it's, it's a gradual process. I've been actually thinking about LinkedIn a lot lately as far as how to use it to find leads. You know, LinkedIn is that social media platform that I think a lot of people just ignored for the longest time, but I feel like lately it's becoming more and more recommended or useful for business owners in particular as far as finding leads or connections. And now I've been using it a lot more. But I'm wondering, what is the best way to go about finding leads? Like in my particular situation, I recently launched a podcast production agency. I guess I could look for people who have a podcast already but then maybe they already have a producer. Do I look for people who don't have a podcast yet and try to pitch them on launching one? I don't know. It's kind of a, I feel like it's a weird kind of category as far as how to find leads. Maybe we can break it down into two parts. The first is, is why use LinkedIn at all? Okay, when I Google your name, I see in the top, top results, your LinkedIn profile. Okay, it just it comes just after sarahstjohn.com. <laughs> And it doesn't matter if you haven't visited for, for years. So we should take care of it as business owners or frugalpreneurs. Or the, very, the, the process I would suggest is start by asking yourself, when you think of Potsteam clients and Potsteam uh, prospects, who's the ideal client you'd like to achieve to, to uh, target in real life? Say LinkedIn isn't you. Who would be your ideal client? 
someone with a podcast or someone thinking about having a podcast or someone struggling with audio or video or editing or someone else? I guess probably someone either thinking or planning to launch a podcast because it's so, someone who hasn't thought about it or thinking about it, then first you have to convince them to even have a podcast. So that's kind of a, another challenge. So probably someone who's kind of in the process of planning it or someone who has started a podcast, but is basically doing everything themselves and finding that it's a lot more time involved and technology involved than they had thought and would like to pass that on to someone else. So for the sake of our discussion, can we assume someone who started with podcast and has a number of chapters is the ideal client? Yeah, probably someone who started and is managing it all on their own, but is finding it difficult to find the time for that. If we were able to show those people your LinkedIn profile, what action would you like them to perform after they visit your profile? Well, I guess go to the website and then schedule a, a call. Is the Potsim website well represented in your profile today? You know, where it has your name and then... And then it says host of the Frugalpreneur podcast, but then under that it says Podseam. When you look at your own profile, you see the banner on top of your profile image. There could be the name of your podcast uh -huh. or even the services that you offer. Instead of just host of the Frugalpreneur or Podseam podcast, it could be helping podcasters publish podcast without the audio and video hassle or something like a pitch if they don't know about the service itself. In a conference and you would uh, pitch your, your services, what slogan would you use? Uh, well, my slogan for Podseam is making podcasting as seamless as possible. Sarah St. John, what you've just told me is a better headline than what you currently have. So I would <coughs> actually use it. It's much stronger. Every time you, you're not sure, just think of your ideal reader and ask yourself, is owner of a podcast more appealing than... I make it easier, and if I make it easier is better, then use the headline, because the headline is the strongest real estate you have on your profile. And most entrepreneurs listening to us also tend to have, like, I'm co-founder of XYZ, or I'm CEO of ABC, but the name is not a household name. It's like we were advertising and would have a huge billboard with a name nobody knows. So it's up to us to really change it and, and use a slogan or something that is stronger. So the first question was, who's the ideal reader? So someone who has a podcast and struggles maybe with audio or video. And the second question would be, what would, would like that person, that ideal reader to perform after he visited your profile? And that's to reach out. So you can help them reach out by making it easier for them to understand what services you offer. And basically, it's just going to you to Podsim and taking the description and duplicating it on your LinkedIn profile. Because it's not there. Okay, so instead of saying you're the host of whatever podcast, you're the owner or founder of whatever company or whatever, actually put something in there that kind of describes what you do or how you can help people. Excellent. How you help people is it's is much stronger than, than ourselves. Nobody's interested in us. I'm sorry. But we have to think about the other side. Other than maybe our mom. Or mm, that makes sense. Okay, so that's something I'm going to do today after this is change that. <laughs> what other things can people do on their profile that would make it more appealing to get more leads? Next, I would, I would ask which is the top 
link you would use for someone who needs your services but is not familiar with you or your company. Okay, that could be potsim.com. And there's a way on LinkedIn you can actually highlight that website in a more visual way. It just means going to your profile and then looking for ad section. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share my screen and, and, and or maybe we, we could do it the other way around. Use the website and when we click on ad section, we'll look for featured and then we select links. We paste the URL of potsim.com. We click on add. And within 20 seconds, we see an image coming from the website. And that's a lot easier for our eye to notice. So I'm going to use it. Obviously, I can, I'll go to my profile and I'll do it. We're looking for add section over here. And when we click on add section, we'll look for featured. That's the third on the list. And in this case, links. And once we click on links, we paste the URL of the website we'd like people to see. If LinkedIn found an image on Potsing, yeah, it found, I'm sorry, it took a second to, uh, to see. This is a thumbnail of this would appear on a very prominent location on your profile. And you can have even customize this, like Potsing and then your slogan. So I'm not going to save this on my profile. So think, think about the, the link that would convert most of your ideal readers best. It could be home, your homepage. Mm -hmm. In some cases, it could be act an actual podcast you recorded or republished. It could be a link from a summit. It could be an interview with Pat Flynn. It could be anything you think would convert most of those people. It could be a testimonial. And then just highlight the link on your profile. Anyone can take the name of the company and then Google it and then see what you offer. It's worthwhile to actually ask yourself what are the best resources I would like those people to see. And nobody likes to work very hard. And it's, it's it's our responsibility as entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs to, to just show them and that increases their chances of visiting the link, going to a website and, and then knocking and say, you know what, Sarah, I find it too difficult to edit the audio part of my podcast. Could you help me with that? Or could you provide me with help about video editing or anything else? Okay. Wow. I didn't even know you could customize your LinkedIn profile like that. And then one thing I've been thinking about doing the header image on my page it shows the podcast mm -hmm. but i'm wondering if i should change it to the business or if there's a way to like create an image that shows both of them without it seeming like overkill how to do it to where it makes sense it's possible to create an image that shows both desktop readers would probably see it well we have to take into account that mobile uh, readers people using the linkedin app will see a very uh, small thumbnail so if it's if the text is long and complex <laughs> most people will not be able to see it but if you can find think of two images like one with a mic and second with something else maybe that could even translate into people using the, the app. Do you know if the majority of LinkedIn users use it primarily through the app or through a desk? Before LinkedIn was acquired by Microsoft, they used to publish every quarter the, the figure, and the last figure I remember was 57 mobile users. I, I imagine it's gone up. People would visit you on, and in some cases they would dive into it later using a desktop, but at first, you know, if someone mentioned Sarah St. John when I was looking, when I was listening to a podcast, and I have my smartphone here, I would just mm -hmm. check it out very quickly, and then maybe go to to read it more more carefully. So 
it's best to also take into account the mobile user. Yeah, because I know like with pretty much all the other social platforms that I'm sure it's predominantly mobile, but I was thinking with LinkedIn, it might be kind of maybe when they're at work or something, they might have LinkedIn open on their desktop. Some people have said that that's the only social platform that some companies allow their employees to even be on when they're at work. But I mean, 57%, that's still a majority, but it sounds like there's still quite a few people who use the desktop. But yeah, keeping in mind images for mobile would be the better approach. And then so if you keep that in mind, but then when it's on a desktop, how would that look though? I mean, I guess mine, the one I currently have shows up okay on both. Okay, the, the ideal banner would look good on both mobile and desktop. And what happens when we double check, it looks fine on mobile. We have to take into account that the left part of, of the banner will be hidden by our profile photo. So your profile photo will actually hide or obstruct what, what, what happens on the, on, the, on the lower left side. And on mobile, I can't see the first word, like the, the word business is cut and the word uh, with is, is a bit cut. But we, you can play with it a bit and resize the images so it looks um, fine on both. It looks great on the desktop, it looks good on mobile. I just kind of mess with it and see. Yeah, when I create the new image, I can do that. I guess with the new image, it should be maybe pausing predominantly and then maybe something like something about the host of podcast smaller. Let me make a parallel with some of the podcast that could use your services. Some people could have a day job and then, you know, start having a gig with... And it's very difficult for many people to actually choose prioritize and say I want everyone wants to promote everything trouble is that if you try to promote more than one thing most of people can't even you know visualize it can't even go deeper so whenever we can prioritize and say right now for the next quarter I'd like to promote potting and then I could decide whether I switch it's much easier to change your banner from potting to frugalpreneur than to try to cater to both audiences in, in one short... Okay, so maybe have two banners that I kind of switch back and forth between. I mean, other than people finding me and coming to my page and seeing that I produce podcasts and whatnot, are there ways to cold outreach on LinkedIn? But then how would I know who to pitch in this particular situation? Because, I mean, if I had some other business that was specific towards let's say landscapers. I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind. That would be easy to kind of search for and find, but this is very, I mean, I guess I could search for the word podcast or podcast host or something like that, but beyond that, I'm not sure how. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to, to mention a, quickly a few ways for you to start reaching out to, to people, have them reach out uh, to you. One of the easiest ways after your profile has been optimized with a new image and everything is to visit podcasters' profiles on LinkedIn being public, okay? So there's a setting when you on desktop, when you click on your thumbnail uh, on the top navigation bar, you have a settings and privacy, and then visibility on the left, and then profile viewing options, you select Sarah St. John. From that moment, any profile you visit, and you could visit dozens of podcasters by running a simple search around Dallas, whatever you like, they have the ability to check without paying LinkedIn necessarily, to see who visited their profile. And one of the five results LinkedIn will show 
three users is Cyrus and John. And if the headline is interesting, they're now one click away from discovering you. So that's one engine, just to visit people publicly, not just people, your ideal clients, your ideal prospects, podcasters, just to visit them publicly would have a view back rate of many of them discovering your services. Some of them might find it, the timing is great because they find the editing parts too, too difficult for them and they, they will be able to, to reach out. So that's one. If you connected with people you know well, by running a search, you could find a very interesting prospect that has you know, a mega podcast or a series of podcasts. And if you see next to their name, if it says second, it means that you and them share at least one mutual connection. If you connect with people you know well, maybe we'll touch on that subject later, you can actually ask that person for an introduction. And even if you don't do that, the host looking you up would see that you have, say, Mark Guberti as, as a mutual connection. Now, if they reach out to Mark Guberti and Mark says, Sarah who? We're in trouble. They say, hey, I had a chat with, uh, with Sarah the other day, and she asked me very tough questions. Yeah, I think you, should, you two should talk. So the second thing to do would be to leverage mm -hmm. your actual network by asking for an introduction or leveraging the people you're already connected with. The third access could be sharing your services or even better, informations for podcasters in LinkedIn groups about podcasting. Mm -hmm. Find groups about podcasting and if you think about the podcaster you'd like, then some of them may have joined those groups. And it doesn't have to be necessarily your content. If you found a, a very powerful article, you could actually share that within one or two groups. And some people would appreciate the article and check the St. John lady. And then discover your services. Mm. If you do it consistently, even in smaller group, it could be a nice way of getting inbound leads. You could also uh, leverage LinkedIn advanced search to find people who publish articles about podcasts. Some of them could be JV partners, some of them could be guests, some of them could be affiliates, some of them could be someone you could tag or mention or reach out to. So my recommendation would not be to go cold and not to use cold outreach first. Because there are many, many ways to leverage okay. good content and your network, and your profile without just knocking and say, you know, that's the service I provide. This is the least efficient way, I'm afraid, with most, most people. Okay, I like those suggestions. So just clicking on someone's profile, because I know I'll get alerts saying so-and-so viewed your profile. Sometimes it'll tell me who, and other times it'll say someone viewed your profile, and then I think with those ones you have to pay or something to see <laughs> who it was. But um, just clicking on people's profiles, and they get that alert. I haven't gone to any groups yet. So that would be another good way, like you said, sharing tips and articles and whatnot, and not in your face way, or like you said, like not knocking on doors, but to where people at least are become familiar with you, or at least check out your page and see what you're all about and stuff. So that's, I like those suggestions. The second connection thing, that's also a good, I've heard that before, the focus on second connections versus even necessarily first or third. They could 
introduce you mm. or mention your name or go back to the person and ask them about the services and, and they would be able to, to get back to you and say, you know, th th those people uh, struggle with the transcriptions. Is this something you actually do? Or they have problems with the graphics or so social media uh, graphics. Is, it, is this something you, you do? And then you would have a meaningful conversation thanks to the name that you both know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Another thing that I wanted to ask about, well, now that you've brought up LinkedIn groups, because a lot of people say, you know, to do that kind of same thing, but with Facebook groups. But I'm wondering if LinkedIn groups would be a better approach because they're more business oriented usually. I don't mean to, to badmouth Facebook groups. They have their place. You could actually use LinkedIn groups differently. Across LinkedIn groups, most people tend not to share and not to comment and not to like, just consume content. But there are many ways to leverage groups. Let's just mention one example. If you run a search for podcasting groups and you found one particularly interesting group that has, you know, 200 members. Now, 200 members are not a lot. So it's not worth your while, Sarah, going to that group and, and sharing a lot of content because, you know, maybe three or five or ten would actually do something with it. But what you could do, because it's a small group, is go over all 200 names or just 50 names and find three interesting prospects and in that case your outreach <laughs> would not be using the group at all it would be either asking mm -hmm. someone to be introduced or visiting their profile publicly or following them or commenting or something they did and that's possible even if the group has 200 people 100 people 400 people because the larger groups tend to be very crowded if you visit a, a podcasting group with 20k then many uh, service providers would push up content there and, and it would be difficult for you to actually stand out. But the smaller groups are interesting because they enable you to see a list of names and to decide that these are the people you'd like to reach out to, not necessarily using the group. That makes sense. And when you say to view someone's page publicly, what do you mean by that? LinkedIn enables users to have their three levels of visiting people's profile. One would have their name, so it would say your name. The third would be anonymous LinkedIn user. And there's some something in between, something that is right for you, but also for other people. It could be someone from Dallas area or someone who went to this particular school or this particular college. If LinkedIn users choose the public setting, that means they get to see up to five people who visited their profile without paying LinkedIn. They would appear as one person, namely they would see Sarah St. John, they would see John Doe when they they visit someone's profile. So it's very, you don't have to pay LinkedIn. And if you visit who's viewed your profile, say twice a week, you would see that some names would change. You would, Maggie would replace Renee, and then you would actually see interesting people. And that also enables you to reach out to them if you'd like. So how do you make sure that it's on that public setting? I'll just try to share my screen. So we're, and I'll try to describe it as we go. So on the top navigation bar on desktop, you would see a small thumbnail or of your image and right now we go to settings and privacy once we're, we've hit settings and privacy we click on visibility on the low in the lower column and then profile viewing options that's it three settings one is with your name full name the third is anonymous the second is something that is right for you and also for other people so if people listening to us would be here i would advise them to go and make sure their full name is listed. And from that second, they would be able to go to their profile, their homepage, and see who visited 
their profile. Your thumbnail settings and privacy, visibility, profile viewing options, select the top one. So is that when you see notifications that someone at whatever viewed your profile, but it doesn't give their name or anything, is that because they have their settings that way? Often, yes. Yes. So it, it uh, builds mm. on a formal feeling. And who could that person be? It's not worth paying LinkedIn until we become very heavy users. Even if someone had mm-hmm. limited budget, by paying for a premium account, they would get something, but they would not be able to actually appreciate it. It's only when mm-hmm. we see the limits of the free account and the free account LinkedIn is so overwhelming most people don't use more than 10% of its free capabilities there's already so many capabilities that you've pointed out that I didn't even know about so thank you very much time has to be you know if entrepreneurs take some time to study LinkedIn I know under the hood it's a very powerful engine it's it's mind-blowing but most people just treat it more casual way so those are some good ways for me to find people who already have a podcast is there really any way of finding people who are thinking about starting a podcast I don't know how you would even necessarily find what you could possibly search or that's where I'm because I want to do a lot of launching of podcasts as well we can only access what the LinkedIn algorithm them finds on people's actions and, and profiles. So there may be, you know, thousands of people out there who, who start thinking about podcasts, but don't reflect it necessarily on their LinkedIn profile. One way to do it is to, to look for specific groups saying, saying starting with podcasting or easy podcasting or first steps in podcasting, <laughs> something that would cater to someone who starts thinking about podcasting and people who have joined that group could be contemplating the idea without having recorded or published a single episode. Another thing you could do is there's a way for you to define a search on LinkedIn, some, some sort of advanced search. Let's say you're looking for people with the word podcast and, and host and say in, in, the t- in the state of Texas and you found say 700 people. If you look those 700 people up and you say they're interesting for, for Podsync, you could actually ask LinkedIn to save that search using a free account and have email check, have LinkedIn check that every week. Now, what would happen if you have 700 results now? Maybe in two weeks' time, you'll have seven and 705 people or 710 people. Now, where would those people be? They only just updated their own profile using the word podcast. Some of them would actually start producing the podcast. Maybe that could be a good angle for you to reach out to them or to see who they are because it's new. It wasn't there when you ran the, ser- the first search and LinkedIn could have to think of it as, as Google Alerts on steroids. When someone starts adding the word podcast, he meets other criteria, location or anything you'd like then is the good time for you to get notified. That helps. One thing I wanted to ask about, there's different like tools out there that I guess kind of do some of this on the back end or streamline it or Link Help or Linvo. There's a few of them. What is your opinion on things like that? We have to take into account that LinkedIn hunts down and closes many automation services out there gradually. So eventually, most automation services will be either limited by LinkedIn's API or by some other mechanism LinkedIn has. LinkedIn does not appreciate and does not endorse and actually the user agreement we sign up 
say that we're not allowed to use any automation at all. LinkedIn keeps adding additional <clears throat> layers of limitation. You can no longer send hundreds of invitations to connect on any given week. LinkedIn found out that some bots are doing this and now you're limited to probably 100 or 90. So every time some automation comes and, and offers ways for LinkedIn users to perform actions automatically, there's a risk of LinkedIn not only shutting down the, the access, but actually restricting our profile. And that could be a major mm. disadvantage. It means you could no longer send invitations to people, you would be locked out, It's it could be frightening. You do not need to use automations at all. Initially, I don't think it's a wise step. Well, that's helpful to know because I was, I don't know if you're familiar with AppSumo. Yeah. It's like a marketplace that has, they have a few different like software tools on there right now for like a one-time fee of like 80 bucks or whatever. And I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. And I was actually thinking about buying one, but now you've convinced me not to do that. <laughs> um, you're abs- I'm, a, I'm a great AppSumo fan and I happen to, to have read the, they're looking for a CEO. I think they're offering someone a hundred thousand if you find their next CEO. Now, are they actually looking for a new CEO? Like is Noah Kagan leaving the company? Noah published a video saying that the company uh, he founded went from, I don't remember the figure still say 10 million. And now the, the current CEO suggested they needed someone else to take the company for the multi-billion dollar industry. So Noah will stay there. Oh, so Noah. Okay, so he's not the CEO then. I guess he's just the founder or something. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Okay, well, it's good to know that he's not leaving. I didn't want him to leave. I think that the the last question I have, it was on your website about the foul-proof formula to attract ideal clients. I was wondering if you could go over that. When, when you consider the ideal client you'd like to reach, we have to have a system based on our LinkedIn presence, our connection strategy, our content strategy, and our prospecting strategy. We touch on nuggets of, of at least one or two of them, but I would go and make sure that my LinkedIn profile, my LinkedIn presence is excellent in the eyes of my ideal readers. So specifically podcasters starting out or who could struggle with some parts of the podcast venture, they should look at your profile and within five seconds say, hey, I need to reach out to Sarah. And there are many obstacles right now if someone visited the profile, not making it easy for them to actually reach out. Let me show you an example. What would you like people to do when they visit your own profile eventually? After they read your profile, what would you like them to do? To do? Well, either go to podseam.com or check out the, the podcast, Frugalpreneur. Would you like them to see any contact info on your profile, on your LinkedIn profile? Yes, uh-huh. So let me run a very quick share screen here and maybe we'll touch on that. I'm visiting your profile and say I have, you now added the links and and the banner is the new image and everything works fine. And now I want to reach out to you. So many LinkedIn users would simply click on contact info. What would you like them to see here, Sarah? Let's see. I, I, I guess there's not a way to do a form necessarily. So I guess just my email address. Okay. Do you think we will see your email? I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious well, now. When I visit your contact info now, I don't see any email, any visible email. Maybe we could perform a quick action here. If you're okay with having an email shown, then there's another setting for you to actually click. 
Okay, well, I'll throw it again on, on my end. <laughs> we go to the settings of privacy, which we're now familiar with here. Settings and privacy. And in that page, we click on sign in and security and pick the fourth who can see or download your email address. Now, if you're performing the action now, my guess is that what you would see, Sarah, is only first degree connection. You change it to first and second or anyone on LinkedIn. That means that from now, anyone visiting your profile and clicking on contact info, even without being connected to you, they would be able to see your email. And then there's a second layer of connection strategy. Most people don't have one, so most people react. So I got an invitation, I'm looking it up, and I decide whether I accept or not. There is one way to go, which is quality. All the people in I really know there's an exposure angle saying i want to have 30,000 connections but most people hesitate in fact most entrepreneurs start mm. with the quality approach only connecting with people they know well then at one point they think they need to reach some exposure and they start looking at the other way without having actually any exposure because 2,000 connections on linkedin don't give you a lot of exposure. So if you're in the middle, you don't have enough exposure and you've actually polluted your chances of being introduced to the ideal client you have. So just pick one. On top of that, there's uh, you know connection, uh, content strategy and, and something else. But th that's how we would uh, actually uh, start. And as long as we decide if we're happy with quantity or a quality approach, we have more control. Because... If I look you up and I see two mutual connections, LinkedIn doesn't show me, you know, this one Sarah really knows well, and the other lady, she doesn't really know uh, that that much. So it, it's just like the profile mm -hmm. has to be self-sufficient, if you like. Our connections should also speak for ourselves. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. You've shared so much. I, I feel like I've learned so much in this past hour that uh, a bunch of things I'm going to have to do after this. That's awesome. Well, were there any last words or things that we didn't touch on that you wanted to go over? I think we, it might even be uh, you know, overwhelming what we've discussed. So I would start by looking at anyone listening to us. I would advise them to go to their profile and think about the ideal reader and just say, if I were my ideal reader, would I feel compelled to reach out to that person? And after that is done, then we can think of a lot of our other things. But this is the first action I think entrepreneurs should consider. Yeah, and if people want to learn more about you, they can go to danielalfon.com. That's A-L-F-O-N. I'll also have show notes at com forward slash Daniel Alfon. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Sarah. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together.
Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.